felt like, why do I need to go to therapy for all my issues and other people are dealing with them like every day? I'm just like, why do I need to speak to someone? So nothing's wrong with me. Like, no. This is In Therapy, stories and conversations about the pursuit of mental health. I'm your host, Ngabakazimanzi. Amanda Mashiko was initially skeptical when her mother and close friend suggested that she go to therapy in 2012. Three years later, she had changed her mind. I think in 2015, I just was like at my lowest, like really at my lowest. And I was just like, I didn't feel I had anyone in my life to speak to properly in depth. And especially someone who, if anything, would just listen. Because I didn't, I wasn't looking for advice. I just needed a safe place to speak and to be listened to. So in 2015, I mean, I was just like picked up the phone. I got hold of a wellness center and yeah I was given a therapist to see that was when my mind changed I just had to I had to reach rock bottom considering her resistance in the beginning I wondered whether the first session was nerve-wracking for her I wasn't nervous when I went I just felt like I had so much that I needed to get off my shoulder and my mind that like even that one hour session didn't feel enough like I felt like there was just so much, like in a life of like, I think at the time I was probably like three years ago, 23, 22. And it's just like, I just needed to let go of so much and just to speak speak about it. So Even though she had been skeptical at the beginning, once she opened up, she found that something inside of her was unlocked. You know, when you've just pushed things under the rug for a very long time and like you've just put like, all the essential oils, all the perfume around it, but now you've literally opened it and now closing it doesn't seem the same anymore. So I just knew that I had to keep on going. I just, I think it helped for like that one day and then the next day it was just like, oh, I wish I could see my therapist again, but I had to wait a week. And I just couldn't process it alone. <laughs> just couldn't at the time. So. Mm. What did you do in between sessions? Um, because it's a, it's a long week to wait. It is a long week, especially when you're at a point where you're, just, you're also ready to just like speak about things. It just feels like it's such a long time. And even right now, like I've been in therapy for a few years now, like when I finally speak about things and then I'm just like, oh, wow, I actually would like another session in a few days time. And it's like, I think obviously now I'm just like a bit more um, mature about it I'm a bit more experienced and I understand how to control whatever I'm going through and how to process what I'm going through but I remember I just like I was like yo I could have checked myself into a wellness center a permanent wellness center to be able to go to therapy for like continuously I think in retrospect I wouldn't have done it then because then I would have really thought I was crazy but like in retrospect I think it wouldn't have been the worst idea. But like, things happen the way they do happen. Do you go during work hours? Oh, no, no. In the beginning I did, and that didn't work at all. That did not work at all, because I'm always aware that like, whatever's happening here, I can't let it get to a certain point because I still have to go back to being this effective person at work. 
But now I go like after work, which is great. My therapist is amazing. I see her at 6.30, 6.45 or sometimes on a Saturday morning. And whatever happens, I know like there's no limit. There's no ceiling to whatever I'm feeling. Like I can write then after I'm just going to go home and there's no one I have to pretend for. There's no mask I have to put on after it. So, no. Do not go during work hours. <laughs> what do you usually do after a session? It's exhausting, hey? It's really exhausting. Sometimes it can be so exhausting, especially if it's like an intense therapy session. Like, all I do, I end up, like, after a bad one, she'll, like, usually do, like, some self-care, take a bath. I'm just like, all I don't want to do is get in bed and feel sorry for myself. So, like, nah, do something, like, take a bath, um, put on a mask or something. Because I think that kind of, I think for the thinking behind that, it takes you out of the emotion you were in during that. And also allows you to be like, okay, cool. <sighs> Deep breath. Now I can go to sleep with like, I've released some emotions, but I've also like taken care of myself. Like a healthy outlet of both. Two years into therapy, Amanda decided she needed joint sessions with her mom. In those six sessions, she gained insights about their relationship. I think I kind of got to see her as her own person and just like how she deals with things and understanding how she deals with things. And it also showed me why me, how, what, how I see things and how I deal with things don't work well with how she sees things and how she deals with things. So I needed to find a way because I'm a bit of a, I need to let it out. Like I'm quite confrontational, not in like a negative way, but in the, here's the issue, let's face this issue. Amanda started her search for a therapist in 2015. She made a call to a wellness center and was clear in her mind that whomever she found would need to look nothing like her. Unfortunately, I can't do therapy with black ladies because I feel like they think there's too much familiarity. And I think identifying sometimes with someone on a racial level can have too much familiarity and I didn't need that like and I also didn't want to see them as like my auntie I didn't want to see them as my auntie because then I wouldn't I don't think I'd be able to speak to them so well are you saying in some ways you seeing a white person mm -hmm. as a black woman mm -hmm. helped create a distance honestly I didn't think about it much hey I really didn't think about it much there's just too much familiarity and all of a sudden somebody's calling like you like Wanaka. And I'm just like, already that just feels really uncomfortable or like something that maybe your family member would call you Wanaka or something like that. Like, that's not the right way to do things. I don't know. It just, I didn't want that familiarity. I didn't want to see someone as like my aunt or my older sister or my mom. I needed to have a complete, like, okay, this is someone who's a professional who has empathy towards my entire situation, but also, also just as much as professional. Because 
a big part of therapy and maybe because I've watched a lot of scare movies about it is that you do get attached to that person and it's the job of the therapist to make sure that those attachments don't hurt yourself and don't hurt the therapist and I think if you get too familiar it blurs the lines now all of a sudden you're just like is this like my friend if you if it's an opposite um, opposite sex therapist you may be thinking oh, if, if that's if you're heterosexual right you're thinking could this be my partner and you don't want to have that confused because like this is a mm. professional as much as it's like dealing with things that like maybe you would have liked to have dealt with with family members or with friends or even your partner this is still a very professional environment like these people are doing it because they're passionate about it but it's also just as much as a job you know and if anything you're asking a lot of your therapist if they for them to be your friend or like your motherly figure and they are also asking a lot if they blur those lines by having to being too familiar with you and I don't dig that You've mentioned that you have become a lot more open mm-hmm. about being in therapy, including updating on your social media pages. Mm-hmm. Why did you make that decision? Why I made that decision? It wasn't even a decision. It wasn't even like a decision. I think I thought about it before. And maybe the times that I'd like write, written down a tweet and hadn't. But then I think the more first of all, it started with me just like speaking about it with friends like, oh, yeah, I'm on this journey and stuff. And then realizing that like some people would come to me after the conversation, after we are away from people like days later on my phone, be like, oh, hey, how's this going and stuff. Um, I just wanted to ask this and this and this and like the more you're into something, the more you kind of like are exposed to it. So like I'd read a lot about like some issues like I just think oh it was attracted to me and um yeah then I just remember like sometimes I just be like a tweet I remember I put up a tweet about like how much money I've invested in like this whole journey and I just realized that wow it's really hectic like one it is a bit of an expensive thing like it's it's quite an expensive thing. I'm fortunate enough to have medical aid to cover it and the support of my mom as well but um, I just realized, I think one, I, I made it a funny tweet. The first tweet was just like, uh-huh, um, this is how much it's cost. No wonder like black families pretend this isn't a real thing. Cause it doesn't make sense to spend so much money on something that you don't understand. and something that's actually not like a physical pain that no one can see. Something that you feel like, oh, this person is in their mood. So. I think I could understand that side of it, but also just like speaking about guys, we need to, we need to get help. We need to speak about things. We need to find healthy alternatives to dealing with things. Amanda has not always been this vocal. There was a time when she was ashamed to open up because of perceptions about people with mental illnesses. When you grow up in certain places, like I grew up in Bumalanga and I remember this man is schizophrenic in the community. And I didn't know this, and I spoke to him, and then somebody was like, don't you know, yes, lying. And I'm just like, and I think this is something that I just grew up around, like these kind of things. When somebody has a mental health issue, like 
and it always had like this negative connotation to it. So when I had a mental health issue, that's the first thing I um, connected it to. And the fact that like one, you can hide the fact that you have something, no one knows, but once you start going into looking for solutions, now you've let well, a therapist know, like me, now you've maybe let a doctor know, and now more than yourself know that we are shying here. So I think, yeah, that was a big factor, the shame, just what people said about mental health. Now that Amanda is less affected by the stigma around mental health, she is better able to focus on herself and the quality of the relationships that she has with people. As a result of my therapy, because like I know myself more, I know what I want around my like self-aware. I'm more self-aware. I know what I want. I know what I want from a relationship or a friendship and like sometimes it doesn't end badly it just like drifts away and you're both kind of comfortable with that and yeah it's like never a bad thing of that it's just like I'm being a bit more true to myself and like true to my time as well and my awareness and stuff do you ever think about how soon you would tell a lover that you are in therapy I think I've gotten to a point where I just tell you in the beginning stages because I used to hide myself so much to a point where I wouldn't enjoy relationships so much because I'm doing more hiding myself and trying to be this perfect woman so now it's just like hey thank you for finding me great I find myself great too but like I go to therapy you don't need to solve my issues but like these are my, some of my issues. Right. I found that it hasn't been a big issue. Like the people who want to be around, be around. That people who don't want to be around, don't be around. But it also helps me in the fact like before I invest myself too much emotionally into something, like I don't have to think about, oh, what if he rejects me when he finds this out? So it also, I guess it's a bit of a, a safety net for me to just like let it out in the beginning stages. When you think of your life and what it could possibly have looked like without the intervention of therapy, what do you see? Where do you think you would be? I think a lot of hurts and pain and just like, just feeling out of control, uh, uh, out of control and feeling like I can't, handle my emotions like everything is just like bursting out and I don't know which way to start I think also messing up my blessings you know messing up my opportunities and actually and saying and like not seeing that sometimes I am the problem sometimes and not being accountable, not that I'm certain, not being accountable of the role I play in certain situations and just like, yeah, not being accountable to the role I play to situations, which is a big thing because I think with accountability also allows me to change whatever I'm doing that hinders my progress. And I'm so grateful, like accountability is the best thing. I just have a clearer mind. 
like sorry can i just okay. it's okay like i'm just so grateful i started with the process you know i'm just really so grateful i started with the process because i just have such a clearer mind like i'm not scared of facing whatever emotion i'm feeling i can process things in a much more healthier way Like, I meditate as well, which is great. Which is great. Like, I need my uh, therapy time and, time and again. But, like, I'm just so fortunate that I found a therapist who gave me the tools to face daily life, you know. Like, if I'm feeling sad about something, like, I allow myself to cry. Cause even, like, crying back in the day was just, like, such a taboo thing. And, like, now it's like, okay, cool, just cry, just let it out. And then, like, after that, or even during, I can think about it. I'm like, okay, which part of this hurts the most? Because, like, you can have, like, this thing here. And then you're just like, I'm crying because it's there. But, like, which part of it hurts the most? And then I can work on that. I can look at it and be like, okay, cool. And work on it instead of just, like, being confused. So it's just given me a bit of a clearer mind. Um, I'm more comfortable in my own skin. I'm more comfortable with myself and who I am and yeah I just feel like I can handle life and whatever it brings this is getting like I didn't think it would affect me like this I just thought it would be like patient answer but it's like I've never gotten to speak about it like in this way and like but now I'm just like thinking about it in all different aspects that like I've never sat down for like this a period of time to think about it and all at once it's just like wow that's actually heavy <laughs> like heavy but in a good way sometimes the darkness sits on my chest making it harder to tell east from west and to my guest Amanda Mashiko for sharing her story. Kwame Mashanga is the co-editor of this episode. We'd love to hear from you, so please send us your feedback via email in therapy at kaifm.co.za. We sign off with Breathe by Zashia from her album titled Therapy. Therapy.